Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s, the best that we remember it. Today, it's just me and Snowball. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. It's nice to spend a little alone time with you. You know, the feeling's mutual. Yes. Yeah. We don't have Matt here hogging the conversation. or And laughing loud. Yep. Kevin making fat boy jokes. You know, we don't have that. No, we don't. It's just us. Yes. Just the two of us building Get- castles in the sky. <laughs> just the two of us. You and I. Well played. <laughs> Or just played. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like we mentioned, it's just me and Snowball here. And it, it's kind of funny because, well, I put the thing out there, put the group text out there. I'm like, fellas, I want to do a podcast on country crossover hits and stars and stuff. You know, the whole urban cowboy thing. And um, Snowball's like... Sure, I'll do it. And Kevin's out of town, but he already explained that even if he was, he probably wouldn't be here. And then Matt, just like very vehemently, like angrily, like yeah. no, 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 like no capitalized, absolutely not. Yet, why does Matt hate country so much? I have no idea why Matt hates country so much. What yeah. has country done to you, Matt? I would like to know that. You know what? I'm. Let's find out. I'm going to call him right now and see what his beef is with country music so much. I bet he couldn't learn the lighting dance. What's up? Hey, buddy. How are you? Yes, you are a good guesser. You are a great guesser. Yes. So we've got some questions for you. Oh, oh, here we go. So we're talking about the whole group text and how Snowball agreed. Kevin's out of town, but Matt like angrily shot us down. So we want to know why you hate country music so much, buddy. No, listen, I don't. That's tough. I don't hate country music. There, there, there were mo- there were moments in my life where I kind of enjoyed it. Okay, I, but but here's what when I when I tap my toe into the country music community. Okay, and because there's some things I like about, it. I do like. It. But one thing I learned about country people is they're pretty hardcore. Right, and so I mean, I, and I can't. I, I got a feeling like if I was going to actually speak about country music, you know, the the folks that really do like country music, they're going to be quick to either tune. You know, I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to appreciate my opinion. 
You know what I mean? Because they're hard. They're hard. Country people are hardcore. They don't mess around. If you like Bocephus, you're not going to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Matt Cephas. Yeah, yeah, Matt Cephas. Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah, Bobby Carmichael. So. If Bobby was around, we probably would have been Is Bobby with you right now? No, Bobby's not. Bobby is not with me at the moment. <laughs> that Bobby is, is, is out of town. I wish he was around. I, I miss a little Bobby. I do too. I, I do I, too. I haven't, I haven't talked to Bobby in a while. Well, see, Matt, you could have joined us anyway because even the hardcore country fans, I think, would let us off the hook with our disclaimer. It's the best we remember it. Uh, Everything else we talk about, there's hardcore people that listen to this podcast, yeah. and, and, and they're pretty sure we don't get it right half the time. Yeah, I, you know, and, and you're right about that. I, I will, I will give you that. The best we remember is not always accurate, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're, you're, you're truth. You're, there's truth in that. But I just, I, I think about, I think about the boys I know that like country well, and I just think that you know they, they'll, they'll, they'll only listen to other country people. You know what I mean? When well, it comes to country. Uh, is it true country. though, Matt, that maybe they wouldn't let you line dance, and maybe you're Holding a little maybe grudge. I, maybe I got some scars. Okay, maybe I, maybe I uh-huh. maybe I tried to wear a flannel one time and I got uh, I got shoes out of a room. And you couldn't wear a belt buckle with those baggy pants. Yes, you know, because there's a part of me that wants to do the belt buckle on the cowboy hat and pair of boots, but I know that if I do it one time, it's over. They don't. They're not going to let you dress that way, well, right? I think. So, I think especially when you're wearing your belt buckle with your skids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good look right there. That is, let's keep it real. That's a good look. It kind of reminds but, me. Remember that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they put on those cowboy outfits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Kind of like I that, but with skids. I, I, would, I, would, I would like the cowboy look. I like the country look. I like the country feel. You know, I like all that stuff. Okay. But it's just, I just never... I never did more than dip my toe into it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really jump in. I didn't wade into the water of country music like, like a lot of my friends did. And I just, I can't speak intelligently about it. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's never stopped you before, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, it's kind of hope somebody said that. I set him up. You knocked him down there, snowball. There you go, man. All right. Well, man, well, actually on this podcast, we might want to go with my country name. My middle name's Lee. We can call me Michael Lee. All podcasts long. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, my 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 middle name is Edward, so I'm I'm Bob Ed. <laughs> Bob Ed, like Jim Ed. I like Bob it. Ed. Bob Ed and Michael Lee. Bob Ed. Oh, I like it. That's all right. Nice. Bob Ed and Michael Lee. Yep. My Appalachian roots are coming out. There you go. All uh, right, buddy. Have you, refer- have you referenced, um, you know, the Matt Taylors? And, and, well, we haven't got know, that far yet. Nope. Okay. We, we are. Okay. We are short. We 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 open the podcast, uh, kind yes. of talking a little bit, and then we're gonna kind of transition into the '80s rewind next, and then we're going to do a um, do our you know our, our word from our sponsors, and then then uh, we're gonna try to reach out to Kevin. Okay, okay, so, wonderful. Very wonderful. similar to this here. See, so. no, no, see, Kevin is in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, right? He he, he indeed is. So, so hopefully... He can visually see country. He could be at the rodeo him. right now. He could be. As, 
He could be. Let's or in, not, maybe let's in not. Houston's version of the Space Needle or something. I don't yes. know. He's doing something. So. <laughs> he, I think he's doing so. He's probably doing homework, country, homework, country homework right now. He so probably he'll, is. He probably he, is. He's ready. got his notes with him and his pen. That cat's prepared. That he cat is. is prepared. So he is. Way, way better than I am. You know what I, I did? Can I say this? I did have a bolo time. No, granted, it was it was more of the ducky version, right? But I'm just saying, <laughs> I did have a bolo time. Okay. If that counts. Nice. You know, John Cryer would have been great in Urban Cowboy. I think if he had John Travolta's <laughs> character. That's as country as I, I get, right? If there, they didn't buddy. get Travolta, they would have went with him. So I, that's, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you're right. next on the list. I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, All right, buddy. Well, we're going to let you off of here. Appreciate you taking our call. And uh, you'll have to listen to the podcast this week so you can hear yourself. I I can't wait. I I, can't wait. Drop this puppy soon. Will do. See you later, buddy. See you. Bye now. One and only Matt Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. So thanks for joining us, Matt. So right now, like I like I promised, we're going to do a little '80s rewind before we get into the heart of our podcast. So uh, we started a few weeks ago. Here's a little thing we like to call '80s rewind. Snowball, let you go first. Okay. Well, my '80s rewind. Uh, not to be a Debbie Downer, but uh, just all the tension going on in the uh, Western Europe. It's really been since 1989, since we've really felt the tension that we really grew up with in the Cold War. You know, there's always tension in the Middle East, and, you know, the tension in Asia and Western Europe kind of comes and goes, and, well, it's it's come again. Yeah, absolutely. So where's Ronald Reagan when you need him? <sighs> R.I.P. So my 80s Rewind moment is on a much higher, more upbeat note. Uh, last week, I was watching the Goldbergs, like I do about every week. And if, if you've never watched the Goldbergs, and you, and you know you don't know what I'm talking about, basically it is a an ABC sitcom based in the 1980s. So there's tons of 80s cultural references and music and stuff like that. Well, this past week, Jeff and Erica got married, and at their wedding, singing was Richard Marx. So. It really added to its 80s-ness right there. How do you look? Uh, well, it's funny, because you can tell he's a little older, but, but he's aged pretty well. How's his hair? Uh, well, he had he had a mullet wig on. Okay. Sorry, that's great. <laughs> but but he still has great hair, because uh-huh. you see pictures of him now. He's still got the great hair. But, uh, yeah, he had the, the mullet. He even talks about it. He talks about himself in the third person a lot. It's like, if Richard Marx is coming to your wedding... You're gonna expect the best. <laughs> stuff like nice. that. So you got it. If you haven't seen that episode, check it out. It's very, very cool, and uh, I think you you will enjoy it. So that is our '80s rewind moment for this week. Now we're gonna take a brief time out, hear a word from our sponsors, and get right into uh, the rest of our podcast. So hang tight. Welcome back to Living in the '80s. As promised, this is our country crossover episode. So we're going to talk all about, uh, in the 80s, there was a movement of country music crossing over to the pop charts. Like Right around the time Urban Cowboy took over, uh, that was a huge movie, and it was a cultural phenomenon, pretty much. But before we get there, Snowball, you up for a game? I'm up for a game. 
Alright, so what we're going to do here, I've got some song titles here. And um, I am going to go through this list here. Now, some of these are actual country songs. Some of them are song titles I just made up. So you have to tell me, is it a real song? Okay. Or is it just Rob's bullcrap made up song? Okay. Okay. What's the Vegas odds? What's the over-under? Hard to, hard to say. Hard to say. So, first song. Don't don't come home drinking with loving on your mind. That's a country song. All right, yes, it is by uh, the one and only Loretta Lynn. Yeah, Loretta. So these may not all be '80s songs, mm-hmm. but these are actual mm-hmm. country songs. Well, some of them are. And you know, we should actually go ahead and finish our bologna sandwiches now. We should with a little green onion on the side, mm. some buttermilk. Mm. All in honor of Loretta. Oh, I'm already. Okay, next one. Dirty Old Egg Sucking Dog. I'm going to say that is not a country song. That was a song made famous by Johnny Cash. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes, that is a real song. Okay. The Devil Done Took the Wheel. That's a country song. That is not a country song. <gasps> You are... It should have been. You are one Charlie of Daniels, I'm sure, did that song. Yes, I think Carrie Underwood's grandpa may have done that song. <laughs> um, I, I do like it. That's good. <laughs> Burn Down the Trailer Park. Not a country song. It is a country song. Gosh. By Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. All right. Yeah, old Billy Ray. When Good Beer Goes Bad. That's probably a country song. That is not a country song. As far as we know, maybe somebody maybe somebody has made it into a country song. How many people are we disappointing? They're like, we came here for some country knowledge, and this guy has no idea. No, nothing. Okay. My head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love Jesus. Country song. Yes, it is. Jimmy Buffett. That sounds like a Jimmy Buffett. Here's one you might like. Okay. Is it or is it not a country song? Snowballing in Colorado. That would not be a country song. You are correct. (laughs) Okay. I Hate Everything About You. A country song. No. It is a good rock song by Ugly Kid Joe, but it is not a country song. You sure he didn't cross over? Well, maybe. Uh, You know, I think somebody could have. Like, if you hear the lyrics of that song, I can Mm kind of hear some country people doing that. Okay, your sister was a better kisser anyway. Not a country song. That is true. Okay, good. I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> um, take this job and shove it. That definitely is 100% a country song. Yes. Johnny Paycheck. By Columbus, Ohio's own Johnny Paycheck. Oh, is he from Columbus? Okay, I did not realize I, that. Columbus or Chillicothe or someplace in central Ohio, but he's, we, we'll claim him. Okay, we'll take it. When people do something that's the least fit noteworthy here in Ohio, we claim them. Um, if I have to look at you one more minute, I'm going to punch you in the face. Ooh, that would make a great country song. So yes, it is a country song. It is not. Oh. But it would make a great one. Okay, we got one more. Okay, I'm less than 50%. Not yes. Good. You're the reason we have ugly kids. <laughs> That is a love song if I ever heard one. That's definitely got to be a country song. It is. All right. Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that that is our list. So, 
Um, we're going to do one more thing before we actually go into our list. Uh, we promised earlier we would have um, Kevin. We were going to try to call Kevin. So let's let's try to get a hold of him real quick. Hey there, Rob and Snowball. Good to hear from you both. Kevin, I'm kind of surprised you picked up on vacation and all. How are you today? Uh, we're doing great. So where in the world are you? We are down in San Antonio right now. We went down to Galveston for a couple of days, then came to San Antonio, and then we're heading to Houston um, and Austin, Texas later this week. What are you doing right now? Right now, we're relaxing in the room. We've had a quite a day today, so we're taking a short break and then heading down to the Tower of Americas, which is San Antonio's version of uh, the Space Needle, I guess you would say. So what did you do today? So today was the big day. We went down to the Alamo, which is downtown San Antonio. It was about... Uh, it was less than a half mile walk from our hotel and disappointed to say that there is no basement in the Alamo, which, you know, I had heard rumors that that was the case, but I had to find out for myself. So disappointing for sure. I even found out today that the original Alamo church, the one that you see, um, that, that you typically see in postcard and pictures didn't even have a roof. So that was added later. So I guess if it didn't have a roof, I shouldn't have expected them to also have a basement, you know? So here's the big question. You're in Texas. Did you buy yourself an unnecessarily large belt buckle? <laughs> no, I did not purchase a belt buckle, although I did look at some of them, and it was certainly tempting. Um, however, both Diana and Brooke did buy cowboy hats, so that was pretty cool. Um, when we get back to Houston, there's a place that has like uh, line dancing lessons, and I think their plan is to wear... A couple flannel shirts that they brought with them and their new cowboy hats and I will be sitting at a table by myself while they're doing that most likely in a golf shirt. Kevin I know you're a huge country music fan and I was wondering if you've been listening to country music this week. If so what songs? Yeah I've mentioned many times that I'm certainly not a fan of country music um, but we got down here and Brooke was telling me that, you know, some of her friends at college like to play country music. So she's kind of gotten used to hearing some of it. And so she was playing a few songs, kind of more current songs. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to listen to country music. It might as well be at least some songs from the eighties as well. So, so she's got access to Apple music and, and Amazon music. So, so she, uh, so so I gave her a few songs to to play to put on her playlist. So, uh, "Love in the First Degree" by Alabama, of course, Rob, one of your favorites, Dolly Parton, Nine to Five, and then Kenny Rogers with "Lady," um, Kenny and Dolly with "Islands in the Stream." Um, this wasn't a cross uh, country crossover, but I do remember a song when I was younger called "A Country Boy Can Survive" that I always liked by Hank Williams Jr. So played that. Um, of course, Elvira by Oak Ridge Boys, which I only listened to that a couple of times and I was kind of tired of it. And then, of course, Snowball's favorite, Eddie Rabbit. There was a couple good Eddie Rabbit songs from the 80s. So those were fun to listen to and brought back some good memories. Well, I know why you're there. You're going to do the whole rodeo circuit or whatever. 
but I understand you're seeing Journey this week live in Houston. Is there any particular song you're really excited to hear them play live? Yeah, tomorrow night we're going to a rodeo in Houston, and it's like a two-hour rodeo at Energy Stadium, which is where the Houston Texans play. And then after the rodeo, they have a concert, and most of the concerts are country musicians, but tomorrow happens to be Journey. So um, so we're going to go down and uh, and watch the Journey concert after after the rodeo. Probably the song I'm anxious to hear, well, I like After the Fall, although I have some concerns as to whether or not they'll play that one. Um, but uh, good be good be good to yourself. Only the young, and of course, Rob, your favorite, Stone and Love. Any parting words? Uh, miss you guys, and uh, I hope to be joining you again soon for a podcast down in the members only studio. So, um, looking forward to seeing you both. Well, sir, thank you so much. Uh, tell Diana and Brooke we said hello. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will uh, see you here next week and let the beatings continue here on Living in the 80s. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Isn't it funny how much clearer Kevin's signal was than Matt's? It did sound pretty good. I think Matt must use an Android, and Kevin must be using an iPhone. Or the towers in Texas are bigger. That's what I hear. Yes. That's what I hear. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Hopefully you guys have stuck around with all of our prelim stuff. We're actually going to talk about um, the country crossover um, songs and um, artists that, that we remember from the 80s. And what we did, um, there, first of all, um, country music and, and pop or rock music have been like a huge divide between them, right? Um, Going back, you know, particularly particularly during the 60s and 70s, like, they were just so far apart. Uh, some country crossovers happened in the 70s, but, like, in the 80s, like, towards the late 70s, early 80s, uh, it became, you know, more acceptable to listen to country music. Country became cool again. Yes, thanks to one Jonathan Roderick Travolta. Yes. I don't know if his real name is actually Jonathan or Roderick is his middle name. I don't care. But John Travolta and Urban Cowboy, country artists can thank that movie for chart successes they had when it came to crossing over back then. It seemed like whenever you turn on the radio, uh, you would hear these country artists that you would have never heard a year or two before. Mm -hmm. But thanks to that movie... And the country line dancing that was going on and all of that. Like, everybody wanted to go to Texas. Hang out at Gillies. Ride the mechanical bull. Everybody wanted to ride the bull back in the day. (laughs) Yes. And so, because we cover anything and everything having to do with the 1980s, we are going to cover the 80s crossovers. So, pretty much, we need to thank Bud, Bud and Sissy. Bud and Sissy. Like, one of my favorite parts of, of Urban Cowboy was at the very end. Yeah, and they get back going. together, and he puts a sissy license plate back yep. up in the window, and they drive off. That was... A, I've always joked with my wife, we need to do that. Oh, we have Recreate a, it. Yep. We have a little <laughs> pickup truck at home that we use to 
Do go get mulch and whatever else little errands we need on weekends, and we need a Bud and Sissy license plate in the back. I'll film it. <laughs> you you do it. Put that on the eighties. That'll be on the eighties page. <laughs> All right, she will do it. She'll love it. And then you guys have to. You, we'll you get have, a airbrush. You have to teach her to talk like Deborah Winger's oh, Texas she, accent. In that oh, movie. She, could she do it? Oh, she could do it. Misty, is the challenge accepted? Game's on, baby. <laughs> so before we go into the actual list, what I want to do is I want to run down just kind of give, give you a feel of of where. Uh, some of the top country stars of the 80s. Now, these people didn't always necessarily translate over to um, the pop charts, but kind of giving you a landscape of what the 80s were all about. Last last year, Matt Taylor and I did a podcast about 80s country. And back then, like, did a lot of extensive research on you know, who were the top-selling country acts of the 80s and who were the people that... You know, we're on top of the charts back then. And by the way, that was the, that is still the second highest rated podcast we've ever had. Behind our pro wrestling one? Well, <laughs> just slightly, just slightly. <laughs> but, um, so th- th- I want to go from number one to number 10. These are the top selling country artists of the 80s. Number one, Alabama. Okay. Number two, who do you think? I would guess Kenny Rogers. You are correct. Number three. Who do you think? Oh, we're gonna have just. So you're actually guess, having me guess, guess here. I'm gonna go with uh, Dolly Parton, uh, the Oak Ridge Boys. Okay. Yeah. Elvira. Elvira yeah. was '80s. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number four. Eddie Rabbit. The Judds. <laughs> <laughs> number five. Garth Brooks. George Strait. <laughs> number six. Boy, the fans are tuning out already here. They, they are like, number this guy six. is not an expert. Not at all. Throw me a lifeline. Number six. Uh, daughter of Johnny Cash. June? Nope. That's his wife. <laughs> Roseanne. Yes. Roseanne Cash. Bar. Not, not Roseanne Bar Cash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, number seven. Randy Travis. Number, okay, the bullfrog. The bullfrog. Number eight, Reba McIntyre. Reba. Number Not nine. just an actress. That's right. Number nine, who I thought would have been like top three, Hank Williams Jr. Okay. I thought he would have been higher. And number ten, Columbus, Ohio's own Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, so that is the top ten selling artists overall. Of the 80s that, that were country stars. So, And you start thinking about that list. How many of them crossed over into acting? Um, Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, Reba McIntyre did. Randy Travis did. Yep. So, yeah, George Strait. He was in pure country. Was he? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. So, what we decided we're going to do, and, and we're going to talk about some of the other songs later, but we decided to make our own top ten list. Like, to us, these are our favorite um, country crossover songs of the 80s. And when we get done, we're going to talk about, like, sales-wise. Like, what are the what were the top charting ones and so forth. So, before we go to number 10, we have an honorable mention. Uh, we were going back and forth on this one. Like, is it a country song? Is it not? 
Um, Pure Prairie League was a, uh, I guess that you can call them a pop band, popish pop country rock yeah. something, sort of like the like a poor man's Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like Poco, like those kind of bands. And to me, it just sounds country. But um, they had a song that came out in 1980, and uh, it was called Let Me Love You Tonight. And the lead singer here is Vince Gill, who we know is a, was a huge country star in the 90s and, um, and is now with the Eagles. So let's hear just a little bit of Let Me Love You Tonight and let me know what you guys think. That sad, sad feeling from a broken heart and feeling so close to the end. Let me love you tonight. There's a million stars in the sky. Let me love you tonight. I'll make everything alright. When you find out how good love. Alright, so I think it's a country song. I don't. No. That's why it's honorable mention. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because, you know, it is kind of hard to justify some of these. So we're going to go back and forth. Um, we'll go our top five. So we'll start off with uh, your number five and go ahead and let her rip. Number five. Well, with this one, I'm pretty much turning over my man card for life. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what? It's not the first time. It's not. It's like, there have been several times you've had some unmanly moments. In fact, I might even do a podcast and call it Snowball's Greatest Misses. And we'll talk about the many times that you have uh, volunteered your, your man card. Go ahead. All right. It's from the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. Could I have this dance? Anne Murray. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Not kidding you. Why didn't you just put You Needed Me on there instead? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> so let's hear a little bit of, of Anne Murray with, with one of Snowball's all-time favorite songs. When we're together One of my all-time favorite crossover songs. Oh, I'm sorry. Crossover <laughs> yes. songs. It actually went to number 33 in 1980 on the pop charts. I'm not sure what it did on the country charts. I'm sure it was number one. That had to have been pretty high, I would guess. All right. So my number five was also from the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. And it is Mickey Gilly doing a cover of the Benny King tune. Here, a little stand by me. As long as you stand by me, nothing stand by me. Won't you stand by me if you're in need? Won't you stand, stand by me? You may want to call that a guilty pleasure, but it is. Always, but it sounds always so like much different than the original. He's, it does. He, I mean, other than the lyrics being the same, 
you it would be difficult i'm sure for many people to even realize that that was the same song yes yes and for us listen to it back then i mean a lot of people may not have known that was a cover tune because this was before the stand by me movie a few years later where the song got a revival yes so to speak but yeah i just uh always liked that song so yeah that's my number five number four uh my number four (laughs) he's actually from new jersey not exactly a hotbed (laughs) for a country music but uh eddie rabbit i love a rainy night well i love a rainy night it's such a beautiful sight i love to feel the rain on my face taste the rain on my lips in the moonlight shadows but the song in this heart of mine but the smile on my face every time because i love a rainy night yeah i love a That would have been on my list if you hadn't stolen it. <laughs> well, that or um, driving my life away. Yeah, because we, we we tried not to get like the same artist repeated. So yeah, that would have been a good one. Step by step is another good hit of his. Um, I love a rainy night. Went to number one in 1980. Yeah, he actually had four top tens on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Um, driving my life away, as you had said, step by step, and then of course. You and I with Crystal Gale. Yes. What I like about this song, and you can almost say this about all the songs I have listed, they're all very simplistic. And what what I mean by that is you've got just simply a piano, an acoustic guitar, a violin, or in this case, a fiddle. You know, there's in country it's always a fiddle. Yeah, it's a violins in country songs. And (laughs) you know, it's the vocals that carry the song. Oh yeah. You know, to me, that's what I like about this genre. I agree. I agree. Well, and, and another thing about a lot of this is when you hear some of these songs played back, like today even, like when you're listening to the country music of that time that was most popular, like a lot of these songs sound more pop. Like I think the, mm-hmm. the, the diehard country people Matt was talking about earlier may not have liked a lot of these songs because that's watered down country that ain't the real stuff um you know what it, it was commercially appealing we as you know mostly pop rock fans consider that really country so to us it's country and they got lots and lots of play in the country air charts charts like every one of these songs we're talking about here or at least i think probably most of them went all the way to number one on the country yes charts. yeah just about so okay so um, anything else on that one? No, nothing okay. else. So my number four is another song that I don't know why I love this song, but I do. And you guys have probably heard me talk about about it on here before. Like in the '80s, I wanted nothing to do with country music. Like I wanted to separate myself as far away as I could from country music. That's the music my parents listened to in the '70s. Was sure, country. And by the time the '80s rolled around. The most uncool thing I could think of would be listening to anything that was country. Even in the late 80s when Garth started emerging. and wasn't really a Garth fan. No? Yeah, okay. He was okay. But, yeah, not, uh, not, not tremendously. But when, when Urban Cowboy came out, again, this is like 1980, it was kind of a guilty pleasure. 
like, I guess I do like some of this secretly. Would never really let me. Did you buy any country apparel know. at that time? Did you have a belt I buckle? I did or? not. Not a belt buckle, not a hat, not the boots. I wore jeans, but everybody wears jeans. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have Wrangler jeans? No, Levi's only. Oh. Even to this day. Smoky Mountain Rain by Ronnie Millsap. I've had a change of dreams. I'm coming home. But tears filled my eyes when I found out she was gone. Smoky Mountain Rain keeps on calling. I keep on calling her name. Smoky Mountain Rain. That song uh, actually. Went to number 24 in 1980 on the pop charts, number one on the country charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie Millsap, Blind from Birth, I believe. Uh, me and Leah went to see him in concert a few years ago. Um, it was Stephen Curtis Chapman, the Christian singer, had a, a thing at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, and he invited a bunch of people, and Ronnie Millsap was one of them. And he came out and sung this song, which to this point, and, and we're only talking like 2015 maybe 2015 like to this point i never really cared for the song i heard him sing it live that night and like oh crap that's a really good song (laughs) (laughs) so it it warrants its place on my list here um he's such a talented guy he's a great storyteller um i very nearly put there's no getting over me which actually went mm-hmm. to number five on the pop charts mm-hmm. in 1981. Yes. Um, but I Smoky Mountain Rain, for some reason, just... Actually, I would have put, if you didn't have Ronnie Millsap, I would have went with, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I mean, that one reached number 20. Yep. It wasn't quite as strong, but, you know, I really enjoyed the song. Did a little research, kind of, a little background on Ronnie Millsap. Obviously, he's blind. Yep. He was born partially blind. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother left him. Mm-hmm. His grandparents shipped him off to a boarding school at the age of five. And when he was at that boarding school, one of the uh, teachers struck him, then leading him completely blind. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought he was blind from birth. Look at yes. this. See, you have taught me something else. So today. he had a little bit of vision. He had very impaired, you know, you could see a little bit of one eye, but ultimately lost all of his vision at that point in time. And, oh, wow. Yeah. But on the positive side at the school, that's where they discovered his musical talents. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, he went off to become a lawyer. Wow. Was doing some side gigs as a musician, and it all took off for him. But, yeah, very interesting story. Very sad beginning, but a very, you know, happy ending to yeah. his life. So we could, I imagine there are a ton of weddings back in the day that <laughs> used some of his music, and like, uh, like the one you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. He actually had 35 number one country hits. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this earlier off the air. I mean, the amazing thing about these artists is their careers just weren't two, three, four, five years. It was two, three, four, five decades. Yes. You know, with hits in every decade. Yeah. You know, they just weren't brought out to sing a song. You know, they were, you know, still charting for 30 and 40 years. Yeah. Which, which when you look at the average, you know, pop or rock star they don't have those kind of careers there's like a very few like the rolling stones right like u2's been around for a long time madonna um people like that um just a few Mm -hmm. just a few that have been around for country stars it's not uncommon 
like you said, they have those really long careers, and they still, you know, sell out shows, and people still still want to buy their records, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. All right, so uh, I think we're up to number three. Number three. My number three. She didn't have any country number ones. <laughs> really? Yes. And to be honest, this song wasn't that big of a chart buster. It was number four on the country charts and number 26 on the Billboard Hot 100. It's uh, Deborah Allen and Baby I Lied. That actually is a pretty good song. I had forgotten all about that song's existence. Mm-hmm. And then we compared notes before we got started, just so we didn't duplicate each other's answers. And that particular song, I like. Forgot all about mm-hmm. it till today. So it, it made its way into my country crossover playlist. It's, it's one I hadn't listened to in a long time. But as soon as I heard it, all the lyrics came back. Is one of the not every song can you sing all the way through, you know, and know all the lyrics. But that's one of those that has just burned itself into my brain, and you know, I'm able to sing along, which nobody wants to hear that. You know what? You're singing is probably better than mine. It's horrendous, <laughs> absolutely bad. So, um, I want to talk about the album art. Because you, you sent me the link to yes. the video. Yeah. So the album cover that you know Deborah Allen has looks very low budget. Mm-hmm. Looks like a high school senior picture. Looks very similar to my high school senior picture. It sure does. Yeah. She's got this blue jumpsuit on. I don't have a blue jumpsuit on. Don't get me wrong. I got a blue sports jacket on. But, <laughs> but just the whole look of it, this looks so low budget. You're like, here, come on in, come to Buellcraft Studios in Mansfield, Ohio, and let's do your uh, album cover here in three shots. <laughs> so, what about this? Do you think it would be possible for you to post on the Living in the 80s Facebook page today the Snowball Senior Picture next to Deborah Allen's album art? We can do that. That'll be amazing. I think everybody. We will might love break it. the internet. <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> So, yes, that was Deborah Allen. Um, my number three song is, uh, I want to call it like the Swiss Army Knife of songs. So, this song is by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Mm-hmm. Um, good band. Yes, very good band. And they, like, I first heard the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band as a kid. My dad had the 45 of Mr. Bojangles. Okay. Love that song. You know, as a kid, you know, I'm like six or seven years old. Did they do the original? They did. As far as I know. Is it different than Sammy Davis Jr.'s Mr. Bojangles? Oh, much better. Okay. Much better. Different? Okay. Um, yeah, much better. And I believe I believe Nitty Gritty Dirt Band did theirs first. Fact checkers, let us know. But we don't feel like checking on it. But uh, that is a you know a great song. So this song here, American Dream, went to number eleven in nineteen eighty. Let's hear a little bit of that. I feel a tropical vacation this year. 
Might be the answer to this hillbilly beard I think Jamaica in the moonlight Sandy beaches drinking rum every night We got no money, mama, but we can go We'll split the difference, go to Coconut Grove Voila, an American dream Well, we can travel, girl, without any so I call it the Swiss Army Knife of songs because it's a song you can put on like a road trip playlist or like a going to the beach and hanging out playlist or like maybe sitting by the bonfire playlist or an 80s playlist of um, country crossover. Mm-hmm. You can put it about it. Anyway. It's just a fun song. It is a fun song. Like if you don't like this song, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. So you had never heard this song until I had tonight. not. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Um, I liked it. Uh, like it's got a good beat and you can dance to it. That's just, true. Just kidding. <laughs> but you <laughs> could. No. Yeah. No, you could. Just a very fun, upbeat song. All right. So we're gonna move on to your number two. Number two. My number two. He had a 120 hit country singles, sold over a hundred million records worldwide, which, according to Wikipedia, says. He's the best-selling artist of all time. Maybe solo artist. Maybe. Maybe. But that's according to Wikipedia. Hmm. You know. Yeah, I, f- I found them wrong on a fact last yes. week. Yes, yes. you did. <laughs> um, he started out in the band First Edition, which was kind of a psychedelic rock-sounding band. Yeah. Nothing like his later country stuff. No, not at all. Um, but the song uh, reached number four on the Billboard 100 and number three on the country charts in 1980. Don't fall in love with a dreamer with Kim Carnes. So this is when I first heard of Kim Carnes was from this song. Later on, when she did Betty Davis Eyes and be, you know that's a huge number one hit and stuff, I thought, oh, it's that country chick. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea who she was, and uh, you know, hearing Betty Davis Eyes, I realized she probably wasn't a country singer. Mm-hmm. I just assumed since she was with Kenny Rogers, she was probably a country star. Yeah, so, you would think. Yeah, but so what is it about this song that kind of grabs you? Um, what I like about this song, obviously Kenny does a lot of duets. Always has a different partner, which I like. It's not always the, you know, the same person, you know, but this one, it sounds like, you know, they are a couple and they are going through this, you know, you know, we've got tonight with Sheena Easton was a great song. Great song. But it's doesn't sound like they're singing it to each other. It's like almost they're in two different places, two different studios. Yeah. And it's no Bob Seeger. No. The it, Bob Seeger version. It is not. Favorites. You know, so it, both of them, I, nobody would say either singer is one of the best vocalists. Right. Music. Very raspy. Yeah. Very, very rough. But they blend so well together. Very passionate. So didn't you say you saw Kenny Rogers in concert? I did. Um, probably late 90s. Um, 
We were in Was South- it before you had all that plastic surgery and stuff? Yeah, he probably had a little bit. Okay. I wasn't close enough to get a good close look. Um, but I would have to say he is the best entertainer I've ever seen. Really? Yes. Have you ever been to any other concerts? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. He is truly an entertainer. He's a storyteller. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he doesn't just sing song after song. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll go through, you know, he gives you the background. He gives you a story, you know, about how the song came about, who wrote it with him. You know, was it Lionel Richie? You know, who did he, you know, get together with, you know, to create this song? And, but he had the ability to connect with everybody in the audience. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing was, uh, there was a guy sitting in the front row. Didn't look like he really wanted to be there. And Kenny calls him out. He's like, uh, "Hey, this wasn't your idea, was it?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no," because you know his wife. Not at all. You know, huge fan. So he's like, "All right, I'll give you twenty bucks for every song you can name of mine." <laughs> and the guy names three or four, you know, and Kenny gives him his eighty dollars. And throughout the rest of the night, every time he'd sing a song, he'd. Flip him a 20. <laughs> so the guy walked away with a lot of money. but yeah, Paid for my concert. He did. But he, to me, he's one of the greatest storytellers, whether it's in his song or it's just, you know, in between the songs, you know, just describing how it came about. Nice. So, And he's quite the actor as well. Yes. The movie Six Pack. Definitely. I don't know how that didn't win any awards. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's where the song Love Will Turn You Around was in that movie. Uh-huh. The chorus sounds a lot like Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich could have been a great country singer. He could have been. <laughs> he got get there doing the mic promos. Yes. Yeah, it all comes back to wrestling. It would. But yeah, I think that's one we can add to our list to, to do some movie reviews. Kevin, Matt, Yin. Uh, one six pack. NASCAR, <laughs> country music. What more could you want? Not NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> Left turn, left turn, left turn. Okay. <laughs> All right. That brings us to my number two, which is one I am sure everyone on here has heard before. It needs no introduction. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve, yeah. Flattening the hills. Someday the mountain might get up, but the law never will. Making their way. Yes, that was the legendary Waylon Jennings with the theme from the Dukes of Hazard. Good old boys. Just a good old boys. That song, <laughs> man, every week that song would come on like. I was mesmerized when the Duke's Hazard came on. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, when you're watching the show, you're you're watching, but it's got most of my attention during that theme song. You ever been to the Duke's of Hazard Museum in uh, Nashville? I cannot say I have. Yeah. It's Cooters, as it should be. <laughs> Crazy Cooters, yes. Crazy Cooter coming yep. at you. Now, to be honest, it's probably only double the size of uh, the members only studio down here wow okay but it has a lot of 20 by 20 yes <laughs> a lot of memorabilia you know from the show so as much as you can fit in a small room you right? could yep <laughs> it's right across the street from the new grand old opry okay so if you're ever looking for a place to go give it a shot go to go to crazy cooters yep nice so that song went to number 21 in 1980 
and uh, number one on the country charts. But uh, every boy, anyway. If you were, you know, everywhere from, you know, a young kid up to probably your mid-teens mm-hmm. watched Dukes of Hazard every Friday night. And I'm going to say pretty much everybody in our age range could sing this song beginning to end. They could. Yep. They could. Great song. Couldn't leave it off the list. No. Could not. I was actually going through the list when I got done, and I saw that one. I'm like, ooh. So I had to redo my list. So that was good enough for my number two. So that brings us to number one. Number what, one. What you got? One, one. Number one. I normally let you down. Yeah. I'm not normally. But you have been known to. Well, John Candy is still the greatest I, actor of the 80s. He's still iconic. Yes, he is. Okay. Iconic actor of the 80s. But this song, I don't think I'll let you down. Um, but I am bending the rules a little bit. It was originally released in 1979, but was also released on the Urban Cowboy soundtrack in 1980. Okay. So this song... Um, Went to number one on the country charts and number three on the Billboard Hot 100. It'd be uh, Charlie Daniels and the Devil Went Down to Georgia. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet and you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rise up your bow and play your fiddle hard Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold But if you lose, the devil gets your soul Great song, You Did Not Let Me Down Amazing song I wanted to put it on myself, but my own internal rules kind of prohibited me from doing it, but I'm glad that you did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it actually was on an album released in 1980. Charlie Daniels' band was actually in Urban Cowboy in 1980. Yes. And I think, it, I think it's okay. But great song. It is a great song. So when we were getting ready for the podcast, and a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of stuff you guys don't even hear because we do like some recordings, I'm talking about it, and uh, there was a follow-up to this song that Snowball showed me. I didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. It uh, brought in a little celebrity power, at least at that time. So I believe it was released around 90. Yeah. Um, so you had Johnny Cash. He's playing a role of a preacher in the song. So it's a follow-up to The Devil Went Down to Georgia, mm-hmm. and it's just called Part 2. Yep. Um, and it had Marty Stewart playing Johnny. Mm-hmm. And it had Travis Tritt playing uh, the devil. And Charlie Daniels is playing fiddle. Yes. He, he doesn't actually sing or rap or however you want to describe that his... country rap thing they yeah. had working on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's not the original. It's a good tune. It's fun. And, it, you know, anything with Johnny Cash in it, yeah. it's going to be cool. Check out the video. Yes. Well, you know, let, let's hear a little bit of the song, shall we? Been ten long years since the devil laid his fiddle at Johnny's feet And it burned inside his mind the way he suffered that defeat In the darkest pits of hell the devil hatched an evil plan To tempt the fiddle player, for he's just a mortal man The sin of pride, the devil cried, is what will do you in I thought we had this settled, I'm the best it's ever been Johnny, did you ever know the time keeps marching on so any excuse to put Johnny Cash in, <laughs> we're going to try to do. So that's a good one. So what we're going to do here, 
Um, oh yeah, you're I number one. Do my number one. How did I? How forget? could we forget oh, that? My goodness, everybody's waiting. Yeah, man, I almost almost skipped it. So my number one is uh, also maybe a bit of a guilty pleasure. Uh, this song was the uh, also in the Urban Cowboy soundtrack and in a very prominent role in the movie. Remember earlier we were talking about uh, Snowball and Misty you know, reenacting the scene with a license plate in the window in the back of the truck? Well, what I didn't mention back then, so I didn't ruin it, but the song that was playing um, actually uh, went to number four in 1980. This is Johnny Lee with Looking for Love. Yes, I freaking love that song. To me, the barometer of music is um, if I can still listen to it years later and like it and not get tired of it. And this this checks checks all the categories there. That's a good way to decide whether it's a good song or not. If it's 30 years later and you still enjoy it, it's a good tune. Or in this case, 42 years later, oh. believe it or not. Um, that has uh, it has held up well for me. Yes, it has. And uh, yeah, I love that song. I just always have. Do you love Charlene Tilton? I do. I do. Who was, by the way, married to Johnny Lee? And if you've seen Johnny Lee, you gotta go. Huh? Okay. <laughs> and if you saw 1980s Charlie Tilt Charlene Tilton, you're thinking, Wow! Like she could have played Daisy Duke if Catherine Bach didn't, yeah. didn't want mm-hmm. the role. So, you know, she was very 80s hot. And how she, kind of like Rick Ocasek and Paulina Portakova. That's a good comparison. Ringo Starr and uh, Catherine Bach. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like Travis Tritt and Julia, or not Travis Tritt, Lyle Lovett and Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yes. Like, Christy Brinkley, Billy Joel. What? So basically, you're telling me all I got to do is be able to sing, and I could have got one of those hot 80s chicks? Pretty much. I think that's all you had to do. Let's hear you sing, Rob, so we can see how close you were. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll just we'll just stick uh, Johnny Lee. We'll, we'll stick with his singing because uh, he had a, a, a very good voice, and, and I obviously do not. We're going to take one more break, and we're going to be back, and we're going to talk about, in our last segment, the top ten country crossover songs of the 1980s. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TunedIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. 
Welcome back to Living in the 80s, and we are on our last segment. So this segment here is going to be, like, according to Billboard, these are the top 10 country crossover songs of the 1980s. Now, we're going to talk about, not really go in depth about all of these songs, because we've done a pretty good job, I think, of talking about our favorites but we're going to talk about the song, the artist, the year, and the peak position. After like 1982, the whole country scene pretty much died off as far as pop music. Like it continued to have lots of momentum in the on the country chart. Like mm-hmm. country was big in the 80s, but not a lot of the crossover stuff. Like about the time MTV came along, and like the year or two after that, like country was back where it was before <laughs> on country music television <laughs> yes, CMT. yes cmt was created for that so that yeah, that is true i'm glad you brought that up because that did come out in the 1980s mm-hmm. and it was like country's answer to mtv mm-hmm. and i catch it a little bit mm-hmm. i remember them like doing it. like a, their version of like a dance party type of show <laughs> it's time for the hoedown yeah <laughs> a lot of line dancing. Yes. In that, I can't remember. It was a place in Nashville. I had been there. I can't remember the name of it. But Nice. All right. The uh, number one song, according to Billboard, and, and first of all, the first one, two, three, four, five of these songs here uh, all went to number one. So there were five country crossover songs in you know, between 1980 and 1981. There's one of these for 83. But... Five songs topped the charts, and there's several of them went top ten. Like the top sixteen songs uh, in our list here, all were top ten. So that's a pretty big chunk when, yeah. you, when you when you spread that out over a one and two year period. A lot I of, mean, you have to think of a you know of a fifty two week calendar. I mean, it was dominating probably close to half of the weeks at number one. I mean, pretty close. Maybe not half, but you know, definitely. Yeah. A, a quarter to a third of the year was number one of a country song. Well, that and when and I was listening to um, the countdown show on Sirius XM last week, and they were talking about how, like now, you get like a number one song, and you're doing good. If you have it for two or three weeks, it's yeah. considered colossal. Back then, three, four, five weeks mm-hmm. to hold the spot, not uncommon. So the song that, that performed the best was Nine to Five by Dolly Parton going to number one in nineteen eighty one. Um it came from the movie The Same Name starring Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dabney Coleman. Yes. Um check it out. You can you can find it on Amazon or or wherever, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it looks a little dated, but still kind of funny. Yeah, it's still funny. It, it is dated though. Yep, the humor is definitely, you know, that era. Oh yeah, a lot, lot of lot of sexist comments. Very from much the boss, so, which is what gets him in a lot of trouble. So, which would get you even more trouble today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I tell you, we'll do every other one here. So you take you take the even number ones. I'll take the odd ones. Okay. So. Well, the next one's also has Dolly Parton, but her Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers with Islands in the Stream, which peaked at number one in 1983. So this is like the latest we see a country mm-hmm. song here. Now, Kenny Rogers had done some stuff, like maybe 82, 83. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned earlier, like him and Lionel Richie wrote a lot of songs together. And you can hear Lionel Richie mm-hmm. a lot. 
in the background, you know, singing background vocals on some of the songs. But yeah, this one here was actually written by Barry Gibb. Yes, I was going to ask. See, <laughs> but see if you knew that. I, yeah. I knew you would. Well, you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes I know stuff. And the Bee Gees had kind of hit their end of their cycle as far as performers for quite a while there. So, you know, writing music and producing music is where they excelled after that. So, oh yeah, and they did a lot. There's a lot of artists. That, uh, that they really assisted. And Barry Gibb, hearing him talk about it, he said at that point of their career, they knew the whole Bee Gees thing was not in vogue, but they still had music going on in their minds, and they still you know, had a lot to contribute. And, you know, this is just one example. He mm-hmm. wrote a number one country song for crying out loud. So it's good, good for them. Good for them. Uh, the number three song was I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. We talked about this earlier. It went to number one in 1980. Eddie Rabbit was a was probably the biggest, or one of the biggest crossover hits mm-hmm. with so much chart success from from what he had done. Yeah, I'd consider him one of the top three or four crossover artists. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, number four, my man Kenny Rogers again, The Coward of the County. Classic Kenny telling a story. Yes. And this is one that I couldn't stand back then. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stand it. But now I hear it. It's like, it's a great story. Yeah, the great story when he uh, turns around and locks the door. That's oh, my yeah. favorite line. Me too. Me yeah. too. So basically, we'll just kind of give a little, you know, spoiler alert. We're going to tell you about mm-hmm. how the song goes. Um, the Gatlin boys. The Gatlin boys. Just have their way. Bad dudes. Yeah. So, um, is it Johnny? Was that his name? I believe so. Yeah, Johnny, turn around and lock the door. So, yes, yes it so, is Johnny. So, Johnny and, and his wife, Becky, he loves her mm-hmm. very much. His dad was a really bad dude. Mm-hmm. And before he died, he told Johnny, he's like, don't do the things I've done. Yep. So, Kenny Rogers, in this role, plays his, his uncle. Mm-hmm. Who, and his who dad dies him. in prison, too. Yes. So, he just says, you know, don't be a bad guy. Walk away from trouble if you can. You know, keep your head down. Stay, you know, keep out of trouble. You know, it doesn't mean you're weak. Does he turn the other cheek? <laughs> That's right. So basically, um, he does very well with this his whole life. Well, the Gatlin boys break in the house when he's not there and has his way with his wife. Some would call it rape, probably. Yes. Today. Well, they took turns on her. Yes. We know this. Yes. And so. There what, were three of them. There were three of them. <laughs> yes. He, he's reciting lyrics <laughs> if you can't tell what he's doing here. So. Um, uh, what happens after that is is he is incensed, mm-hmm. and so he goes and finds him, and locks the door and cleans walks, house. Walks out and yeah, they never question him again. Three on one, he takes them all out. Yep. So was he the coward of the county? You tell me. <laughs> no, he was not. I would love to see that made into a movie. It was made into a movie. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, I was talking about like a modern, movie, oh, okay, like a right. modern tale of this. I mean, don't even call it that, but like that story. It's such a great story. Imagine that was a a movie. Today. You know who should have played that role? Who should have? Kurt Thomas. <laughs> he could have taken. He's taken out a whole village. Three people. That means nothing. <laughs> so, which brings up another thing. We were. I was going to ask you about like. Like if you if you had like a a, a movie like like if you had um, if you wanted to, to remake an eighties movie and like a country theme, 
Like mm-hmm. we talked about, like what would Jim Cotter look like if it wasn't in the little remote village it was in? It was in like, you know, somewhere in Indiana or Kentucky or someplace. <laughs> It'd be a completely different movie. What if it? What if Top Gun was done on horses? horses. Yeah, I like that even better. Yes. Would Tom Cruise have done the movie? Probably not. Probably not. Then it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know, uh, Mike has a, a hate-hate relationship with Tom Cruise. <laughs> or, or what if, what if, like, um, The Empire Strikes Back took place in the Old West? I like that. That would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah. So think all day long. Let's countrify yeah. some of these. Joel, movies. Jason, what do you think of that idea? <laughs> You love it, don't you? Yes. I can tell right now. I'll bet they do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the number five song is one that I did not like then, and I do not like it now. Uh, It drives me nuts. Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys. That was a number one song in, not the whole year, but in 1981 it went to number one. The the lead singer sounded like he's drunk. All I got to say to you is, Giddy up. Boom, pop, boom, pop, That one's driving me nuts. That song would come on and nothing could make me turn the radio station faster. I get it. It's <sighs> fun, but it, it it's one Is of it? those, you know, we're going to go to bed tonight, and that song, of all the songs, will get stuck in our head. And it'll play in your mind all night long and you will not sleep you're going to be texting me thanks a lot Leah is going to look at me and give me the stink eye like what are you doing (laughs) now I can't sleep either and then she's going to start singing it exactly right, you're going to take the next one alright next one Uh, to me she's one of the top female crossover artists of the early 80's Juice, Juice Newton Queen of Hearts um, also known for the sweetest thing I've ever known and Angel of the Morning. Yeah. She has a big string of crossover hits she as did. well as a great country career in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they're all in 1981, yeah. all consecutive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this one reached obviously two. number two on the charts, but also um, reached number seven on the sweetest thing I've ever known and number four on Angel of the Morning. So, yeah. Which Angel of the Morning only reached number twenty-two on the country charts. Which, which is funny because it to me, it it where did it go out on the pop charts? Number four. Number four. So yeah, I was gonna say it was. I thought it was a bigger hit. Which is funny how it didn't get any higher in the country charts. Mm-hmm. You think they'd be starving for any crossover appeal? Yeah. So, the finicky country programmers. Uh, the uh, number seven song, "Devil Went Down to Georgia." By Charlie Daniels Band. We talked yes. about this earlier. Huge hit. Loved it. You going to take the next one? Next one is uh, from Urban Cowboy, your boy, Johnny Lee, my cousin. Looking for love. Looking for love. Looking for nub. Um, the number uh, nine song was one we also talked about. Don't Fall in Love with a Dreamer by Kenny Rogers and Kim Carnes. Mr. Duets himself, Kenny Rogers. And rounding out the top ten is a remake done by Willie Nelson, Always On My Mind. Really? I didn't know that was a remake. An Elvis remake. I did not know Elvis no. did that song. Matt Moore, that's why you should have been here, buddy. 
Yeah. We needed a little more Elvis we knowledge. Need some fact checking. Before Jason caught us. <laughs> so, and that's the top ten. So we're going to go through the rest of this. We have another twenty songs here that were fairly big on the pop charts, and we'll, we'll go pick a few of them here and talk about them on our way down the charts. There, um, one of them uh, he mentioned "You and I" by Eddie Rabbit and Crystal Gale. That was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Loretti's little sister. That's right, Loretta Lynn's younger sister. She always had that super long hair. Yes, she did. Yeah, very very pretty lady. Yeah. What you got there? Um, Let Me Love You Tonight, Pure Prairie League. We talked about that one. Somebody's Knocking by Terry Gibbs was a top ten hit in 1981. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it's it's got like a, I don't know, something about it's appealing. I can't figure out what it is, but I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. A band we really haven't talked much about is Alabama. Yes, Alabama. I I don't know how we miss them out of the conversation, because actually they were borderline one of my top five mm-hmm. um they had three songs that were top 20 in the 80s love in the first degree take me down and feel so right feel so right's the song i was going to use okay so yeah, they were very good uh let's see um uh seven year eight by roseanne cash that's one that i enjoy i didn't really care for it much back then mm-hmm. but years later i i certainly like it and uh you know it's johnny cash's daughter you know Mad respect. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, 1987, Restless Heart came out with "I'll Still Be Loving You," uh, which is a love song. I remember. I remember hearing this at like a couple different weddings mm-hmm. back then. So it was a big, huge country hit. Only went to number 33 in the pop charts, but I certainly remember it. Um, and then, um, so here's one I needed to mention. So, McGuffey Lane, um, they were from Columbus, Ohio. Well, they're actually from Athens, but, you know, we kind of feel like they were from Columbus just because of they were always in concert here somewhere. Uh, John Schwab was the lead singer. And they had um, a couple songs, actually, that hit the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Long Time Loving You. And uh, it's a great song. Um, I want to play just a little tiny bit of that. And. I'm thinking, you know, if these guys had been pushed right, they might have had a little bit more of a career nationally than they. Yeah, they're very they, like locally, locally, like huge. like yeah. would they play anywhere, everyone would come and see them. I think if they had the right promotion, the right uh, management, they mm-hmm. they probably could have been a lot bigger. But but kind of like the but, Michael Stanley band of country music. <laughs> you could say that <laughs> one could say that, but uh, let's hear just a little bit of "Long Time Loving You." It's been a long. What do you think? Good. They could have, should have been bigger, right? Should have, could have, could have, should have, would have. And then the last one I wanted to mention here was Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. This is like almost like a rock and roll song, but, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't chart. But I remember it well. Like they played on the rock stations, but they'd also play on the country stations. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those weird little things. And then the sheriff came around in the middle of the night Heard mama crying that something wouldn't ride 
Headed down to Knoxville with a weekly load. You can smell a whiskey burning down Copperhead Road. So when did you come back to country music? Um, I'm going to say probably... When did it stop being dad's country music? So I would say the urban cowboy era a little bit because my mom and dad weren't listening to country anymore by then. They were mm-hmm. just listening to gospel music. Um, for me, like years later, probably in the early 90s, like Brooks and Dunn, Vince Gill, yeah. um, uh, Sawyer Brown, people like that I started mm-hmm. listening to. And I was getting kind of... Uh, kind of burn out on on the early 90s music. Like, I like some Nirvana, Pearl Jam, stuff like that. But I was starting to listen to some country mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know, this is not too bad. Like, you know, I mentioned Garth Brooks not being a huge fan, but he had some songs I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, In college, that became a popular drinking album. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> yes. I've got friends in low places was played all the time. Yes. yes. Still is. Yes. So you can go to any bar right now, mm-hmm. tonight, and somewhere, somehow, in in America, probably within five miles of here, that song's being played. Mm-hmm. And somebody's getting hammered to it and buying everybody around. So, yeah. But yeah, those days, I mean, country did make a big comeback there in the early 90s. Alan Jackson, George Strait, yeah. and those guys. Yeah, Travis and, uh, Tritt. Yeah, Travis Tritt. Uh, did some good stuff. And then probably into the 2000s, um, I, I started listening to more alt country, like the Mavericks. And uh, I'm trying to think of who I was listening to back then. A lot of it's escaped me now because I wasn't prepared for that question. But I, I would listen to some of that stuff. Uh, some Lyle Lovett, uh, Dwight Yoakam did some stuff back then that was uh, not really mainstream so much. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say I had started to come back not only with Garth Brooks in the late 80s, but Keith Whitley. I mean, that guy had one of the sweetest soulful oh, yes, voices. He did. And all he needed was just a simple guitar, acoustic guitar playing. Yep. Uh, Lori Morgan, his wife, before his death, obviously. Yeah. So yep. it was a great era of country music to me. And I, I know we're kind of crossing over that 89-90 borderline. No, yeah. But, but you know, it's part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets where we are today. I know um, I've almost, at several different times, made, um, uh, when you say nothing at all, Mm-hmm. It's the song of the day. That's but a great I, song. I just, I just haven't mm-hmm. pulled the plug on it yet. One of these days, I'm sure I will. But um, the, I hadn't heard that song, the original version. I just hadn't heard Alan Kra- or Allison Krauss's version, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. And then I think I saw her, and I didn't see her in concert, but was watching like a concert video or sure. something. And she had mentioned, you know, this was originally done by the late, great Keith Whitley. I can never do his version justice, but here's mine. Mm-hmm. Which I still love hers better, but I had to go back and like, I love got to figure better, out what but, this song is. I just knew his first, so sometimes when you've heard one first, it, yeah, you know, it's the standard that you oh, yeah. think they should live very, up to. Very seldom do, do you hear a cover tune that you say is better, that I would say is better than the original. So, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's. I think that's our 
our podcast, man. Yeah. I think we did it. We did it. We missed a few people. Yeah. But we, we got to talk to them at least. Yeah. So that was good. So I think it's only appropriate that we close out um, our podcast this week with a number 20 hit from Willie Nelson in 1980. So um, we're going to take off out of here. And uh, this is me and Snowball on the road again. (laughs) Guys, take care. God bless. We'll see you next week. Jim Carter.